You're listening to the Winter Hughes Podcast with Joe and Eric Hughes. And now, here's the Hughes Brothers. Welcome to a special edition of the Winter Hughes Podcast. And it is a big week for Oakland A's fans. Not so much for what's happening on the field, though the A's have caught fire as of late. But what's going to be happening this week? The Nevada legislature is going to take up the A's ballpark issue beginning on Monday. And on Tuesday, June 13th, A's fans are going to have the reverse boycott where they're going to show up and try to pack the Coliseum. Earlier, we talked with Stu Clary, one of the organizers, and he came up with the idea of the reverse boycott. We got a chance to catch up with him earlier this season, but unfortunately, we didn't air that episode because it came right when the A's announced they were shifting their focus to Las Vegas. It was the same day that we caught up with Stu Clary. So as we get ready for the reverse boycott on Tuesday, both Rick and I will be out there. We'll do a special podcast afterwards, talk about what we saw, what happened, and hopefully we can score one of those sweet sell t-shirts. But ahead of the reverse boycott on Tuesday, we bring you our conversation with Stu Clary. It's getting a lot of national media attention. So Stu, thanks for joining us. And just give us a little bit of an idea about where this started with the idea of the reverse boycott. Well, first of all, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Um, it's something that I've been thinking about for quite some time. And oh, last week I was following one of the many A's Twitter pages that I follow. And there was a poll about, you know, are you going to games anymore? And I answered the poll and then I went in the comments and I said, I answered the poll, but by the way, here's something I've been thinking about. And I laid out my idea of we should sell out a random weeknight game, some a game that would typically be very lowly attended. And there was a, a terrific positive response. The next day I mentioned it to a, a friend of mine who put together a, a, a small um, informal focus group. And we all agreed with well, this is something we should do. I mean, why not? And we picked a date and now we're rolling with it. And it, it's really blown up beyond my wildest dreams. <laughs> and I had no idea this was going to happen. Well, just give us an idea. You know, I get the sense that you've been a longtime A's fan. And, you know, I we've both been A's fans our whole lives. We're a little younger, but we've watched this same process play out for a long, long time. We've seen a lot of renderings about new ballparks, a lot of promises. And, you know, a lot of that hasn't come to fruition. We've watched teams get built up and torn apart year after year. And there's always been some level of expectation that when they rebuild this next team, that's going to be the team that goes into the new ballpark. We've been seeing that for, you know, almost 25 years at this point. So give us an idea. How long have you been a fan? How long has this process been going on to build to where we are right now, at least for you? Well, like you alluded to, we've been lied to for years. Lied to. Um, I've been a fan. I, I moved to um, Northern California in 1977. I'm 60 years old, so you guys can do the math. <laughs> My first A's game was in 77. I immediately adopted them at the time as my American League team. I moved from Atlanta, so um, I kept the Braves for a while, but now I can't even name four guys on the Braves, which is really weird. Well, except for Sean Murphy and Matt Olson, unfortunately. Well, like, there's <laughs> two, Braves, there's right? two, for sure. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so just over the years, I've, 
I dropped the Braves. I, I've, I've been a pretty avid A's fan. Uh, my first season ticket package year, uh, it was a 20-game package, was a 1987. Pretty good time to, you know, grab some season tickets. And I've been an off-and-on season ticket holder and large group leader, actually, for uh, off-and-on ever since through the Access era. Um, I'm going to less games now because – it's a two-way street and we're uh, it's not paying off for us you know we're, we're not being supported and really if you look back at the history of the A's Charlie Finley was a great owner until free agency came and he he was just priced out of the game he sold the Haas family and I don't I haven't done my homework on how long they own the team but they were great owners ever since then we've been saddled with terrible ownership that constantly threatens to move the team. There's a constant churn of players. The thing that's really stark is when you go to the game, you look up at Mount Davis and you see the retired numbers. None of them are career A's. There's no such thing as a career A. Ricky Henderson was a Yankee and many other things. Dennis Eckersley was a um, was a Cub and an Indian. Reggie, of course, is, his number is retired by the Yankees. I go on and on. Um, we don't invest in players and just – here's the analogy that I'd like to use. Let's say John Fisher, the A's owner, owned a restaurant instead of a baseball team. And at one time, he served nothing but the best-tasting Wagyu beef. But then he decided to get rid of all that and go to a different, uh, you know, um, frozen to, cheeseburger stand stuff, or something like that. A different like supplier that. and only uses canned rancid beef, but raises the price, doubles the menu prices. Would it be the when that restaurant ultimately failed? Would it be the customer's fault? No, it'd be his fault. So why is this any different? Because he took his wagyu beef, Matt Olson. Sean Murphy, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, got rid of them, has brought in a lesser alternative. Sure, yeah. Let's not call the current players rancid beef, but yeah. <laughs> um, and but and yet has doubled the ticket prices or substantially increased the ticket prices. On top of that, he doesn't market his restaurant and he fired half of his uh, you know, back end staff that he's gutted the scouting department he's gutted the analytics department for what so that he can charge me double i i buy my tickets now from StubHub, so i'm not hitting him any extra money and <sighs> so i got i gotta ask you uh what would you say your biggest grievance is is it the Coliseum, is it just you don't like going to the restaurant? Is it the quality of the team that's up there, or is it the prices, or is it all of the above? I love the Coliseum. I understand why we need a new park, and I will be the first to jump in there, and should this happen, I'll tell you right now, I'll be one, among the first to jump in and grab tickets. But I love the Coliseum. My kids were raised in the Coliseum. I, I love the Coliseum. It's a... Um, it's 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 everything that everyone knows it is, but it's home. I love the Coliseum. It's seen plenty of great times for me and my family at the Coliseum. Um, I don't mind the Coliseum at all. Um, what I don't like is the constant churn of players. I don't like the fact that 
why do we why can't we have nice things it obviously we're not a small market because there's a large market team right across the bay and everything that happened to the giants that's positive since Pac bell park was built can happen with a howard terminal ballpark um I'm not going because he doesn't deserve my money. Quite simple. No, it's a good point because you're right. I, I think ultimately how many other businesses struggle and then blame the customer. It doesn't happen outside of sports. And a lot of that comes from people that are, you know, protecting the interests of baseball or protecting the interests of maybe the ownership and things like that. Uh, but we've seen it within the last 25 years. We've seen when the A's are good and the fans are there and they're invested in the teams doing their own part, whether it's even small things like advertising on buses and BART and trying to get you to come out, that when the fans show up, the atmosphere in the Coliseum, it's electric. I mean, we've heard guys like Justin Verlander during those Tigers-A's playoff series talk about what an insane environment it is inside the Coliseum when the fans are there. But a lot of what's been done from A's ownership Keep saying, like, stay away, don't come. And what I'm curious is, what's your ultimate goal with showing with this reverse boycott? If the fans show up one more time, the message seems to be, hey, stop blaming us because, look, we're here. If th this is a two-way street, if you want us to buy from you, you have to give us something to buy. I think the ultimate goal is to just show the other 29 owners that the Oakland fans will come and support that we do deserve a team. It just struck me that not showing up, like you said, in the open feeds the narrative that we can't support a team. Anyone that was at, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, game 162 in, in 2012 knows we can support a team. Anybody that's been to the Coliseum when times are good knows that we can support the team. But it gets so tiring and old when you're – contention window is three years and then guys are traded off in their prime. I saw a graphic the other day about, you know, the former A's in major league baseball, we would have a, a top two or three team in major league baseball right now, if we hadn't jettisoned all these guys. So my ultimate goal is just awareness. It's not our fault. It's John. It's this, what's happened in Oakland's fall squarely on the shoulders of John Fisher and his henchmen. Um, I would, I'm not so naive to think that this is going to force a sale or force him to convince him to stay. Probably none of that's going to happen, but we do want to get the word out. We just want to change the national narrative. And, you know, the only thing I can guarantee that's going to happen is it's going to be one hell of a great time. It's going to be an epic night. It's going to be so much fun. The, the tailgating and the, and is going to be off the chain. It's going to be a big time party atmosphere. I can't wait. It's going to be a blast. I I'm just so appreciative that you guys have taken this on and taken on this idea. As we know, as local A's fans, um, the, the tailgating, and it's one of the last places you can tailgate for opening day. We had people, you know, on national coverage saying, Oh, it's so sad. They have such a low turnout. They weren't there for the game. They weren't waiting three innings to get a hot dog like I was waiting, right? We know that this is one of the last great places to do that tailgating. And just before I jumped on this uh, Zoom with everyone, I saw a clip on ESPN, 
And that was exactly what they're saying is it save the owners, save the owners, get Oakland out of there. They should go play in the subway in New York because there's less pets, the uh, pests. They were talking about the, the possum that was in the, um, the Mets broadcasting booth there. And it's just such low hanging fruit for the national media to just take a quick look and they're not there. They don't see how packed that parking lot is. So I'm just really appreciative, especially because the A's are going with this phrase rooted in Oakland when clearly they're they're like not and they're tossing things around. And so to start this grassroots movement that is rooted in Oakland as a fan, it's just something I'm really appreciative to see. Thank you. Again, the response has just been mind blowing, and I just think we're we're gonna we're gonna have a blast. That's our that's our our absolute floor. We're gonna go out and have a heck of a party. Well, let me just ask uh, the reverse boycott. Was this something that you had just? You said you'd been thinking about it for a while. Had you seen this idea before? I mean, like, where did this like ruminate and come to you? Just like one idea, like click. This makes sense to me. I just I, I've been thinking, you know that. I haven't been going to as many games and neither is anybody else, obviously. <laughs> yeah. Um, but it just occurs to me that that just plays into the, the narrative that Eric just mentioned. It's of course, okay. Right. We need to move the A's. No one shows up. But, well, what's the root cause of that? Yeah. We had crappy ownership for what? 45 of the 55 years they've been in Oakland. Yeah. Cares as much as we do. Yeah. It's the plot of major league playing out right in front of our eyes. Right. Like it's like they just saw the movie for the first time. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Well, uh, I appreciate you coming and talking with us, man. And just to get the, the word out there again, we'll share the graphic, but it's June 13th, the reverse boycott, trying to get A's fans to show up to buy your tickets early, show up, have that presence like it's an October game against Justin Verlander and the Tigers and bring that playoff atmosphere. We want to hear the drums beating. We want to hear the trumpets. We want to see flags waving. Just, all, you know, all the things you bring your rally candles, you know, the giveaways, bring your Cocoa Crisps, rally possum, all that stuff. You Don't know. forget about the Vuvu Zellas. Yeah. That's oh, yeah. Right. yeah. Stu. So, Stu, I mean, good luck. And man, we'll, we'll be getting the word out about it because I think it's a really cool idea for A's fans to finally have an avenue that they don't just have to be passive in this narrative that they can take a little control within what they can do and say, look, Hey, look, if you build it, we will show up. You know, not just A's fans either. Our friends across the Bay, please come out. Anybody that's a baseball fan, please come out. It's what a luxury we have in the Bay area to have two major league teams. Let's keep it that way. Listen to win or Hughes. You can also find us on YouTube. Make sure to like and subscribe. Thanks for listening to the Winter Hughes Podcast. Make sure to like and subscribe.